You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, please visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And on this podcast, we attempt to crack the code to the entertainment industry one conversation at a time. And of course, to that end, we bring on all sorts of manners of people, all from the entertainment industry, managers, agents, directors, actors, and we collect those conversations and edit them together in a nice uh, package here and deliver them to an iTunes, iTunes store near you, and it's free. So how's that for being cool? <laughs> and as always, uh, AJ and I don't pretend to be uh, experts or to have all the answers. We definitely want to keep as open a dialogue as possible with this. So if, if anything we say uh, rubs you the wrong way or you want to uh, debate it or whatever, please get in touch with us. We love having that kind of uh, dialogue on the podcast. There's a million ways to uh, get in touch with us, but just hit up our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, to, to see all of them. Thanks to all of those said comments, we have a very, very special episode coming at you today. Episode 27 is literally all about our listeners, because uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that over the last month and a half to two months, we've been collecting actor thrival jobs, which is what we're going to be calling them for this episode, and uh, we set a deadline for Independence Day, right? Financially independent, yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. And uh, so we've been collecting these jobs, and that is what this episode is all about. And so because it's a very special episode that's all about our listeners, we wanted to bring in a uh, quarterback co-host, yes, yeah, to kind of... Yeah. Um, and we wanted to bring this person on because... Uh, not only is he a, a longtime listener to the podcast, but he also makes a lot of contributions to the L.A. acting community um, and has a lot to say in this particular in this particular subject matter, that of actor thrival jobs. So we'd love to introduce to you guys Ben Whitehair. Go ahead and say hi, Ben. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the introduction as a loud mouth. I, uh, I'll take it. What? I didn't call you a loud mouth. <laughs> I do. I have a lot to say, but I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me here. Yeah, thank you awesome. for being on. We've got uh, one qu- voicemail question from Daniel Pierce. Okay. And then we can jump. And then I thought we'd jump into... Uh, the Thrival Jobs. Our, our Thrival Jobs. Okay. Excellent. Content. Um, um, so why don't I pull up this... Actually, I think you have it, AJ. I do. I have heard from various casting directors and other talents that your first impression to... Any casting director or, or anybody you're trying to sell yourself to as an, an, a talent, you should make that first impression count because that's always going to stick with them. And then on the contrary, I have heard from the same amount of people that that is the exact opposite of what is true. As a talent, should you go ahead and just take your maybe your somewhat unfinished material and just get it out there you know i mean and uh, i mean at least a, a passable headshot a passable resume a passable uh, reel, a voiceover reel uh you know whatever we have to give um 
you know, it's not quite finished, but get it out there. Um, better than nothing. You know, if it's going to be six months down the road or three or even a month, but you, you don't want to miss anything. You don't want to miss any of the boats. Though, of course, you'll get denied more than the finished product that you would have finally in hand. But what? It, does, does it benef- Is it more beneficial than detrimental to get your unfinished hmm. package out there than waiting? This is a, a, good, a really question. good question. And actually, Ben, I'm curious to hear your, th- your <clears throat> thoughts on this. Because essentially what he's asking is, should, I, should we just get started and kind of fail forward, as we're so fond of saying on this podcast, with what we have? Or should we wait until we feel things are really ready and perfect and then get going? And it sounds like he's talking more about headshots and reels and things like that. So, Yeah, well, thoughts? it's a question that comes up a lot um, because you do – I think there's a, there's a line to walk and it kind of depends on what it is. Uh, you know, when in terms of like a headshot, for example, you know, if you took it with your iPhone – in your bathroom, that's probably not so helpful. And if people see that, it's going to be – they will probably you know, not take you seriously. I don't know that people necessarily have enough of a memory unless stuff is really bad to mm-hmm. always remember stuff. That's not necessarily a reason to just put everything out there. But you know, no, one, no one's walking around the city with a, a black list of people who they you know, saw a bad headshot of. Like they, they don't remember. There's too many people. So, so I don't know that there's as much pressure – in that vein for getting your materials out there at the same time if if you are someone who's going to be around and and you put out a a reel that was you know shot again on your blackberry camera in your bathtub then that's <laughs> they might remember that and i and i have heard firsthand experiences of people who did that uh and got sort of you know burned burned a bridge early on at the same yeah. time and i i fall into this of a of a trap where it's like oh well it's not perfect i'm going to wait i'm going to wait and you could do that your whole career, and I think it's important to remember that all of these things, your resume, your your reel, your headshots are all ongoing things that you're going to continually be working on, and you're always going to be updating your reel no matter what stage you're at. So you have to start somewhere, and and like we will probably talk about in some of the business stuff, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of doing something, and uh, you know – I call it the 85% rule that I, I stole from a book I'll mention later, which is, you know, 85% is better than 0%. And if it is, if it is passable, if it is something that's professional and you feel confident about it, I say, go for it. When he says passable, I, 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 I think he's, I'm assuming he means like professionally done. Like, you know, I I mean, uh, it's true. There are some people who actually do have headshots that, you know, their friend took of them up against a tree in their backyard or whatever. That's there, not. That. That's not. Yeah, me too. That's not professional. So I mean, passable. I'm hoping he means. You know, he paid. You know, he ponied up a couple hundred bucks to have a headshot photographer do it. But I mean, I yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, and I would add one thing too. One of the things that helped me when I first came out here was just looking at as much of this stuff as I could. Any actor I came across on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. Go take a look at their headshot, their reel, their website, and after you see a large, you know, after I'd seen a hundred actor headshots and hundred actor reels, I started to get a sense of what was out there, and then it became a lot easier to kind of figure out, oh, this is this is definitely passable, this is better, or oh wow, I really, you know, this the resume doesn't seem to be the same as everybody else's or whatever it might be. So trying to just look at, you know, all the people you're in your sort of, you know, category or level and see what they have. Yeah. And then do, do cast and directors remember that, which you addressed at the beginning of, of your answer. Um, some do, some don't, but I don't think if it's, you know, if it, as long as it's not just like horrible, they'll, they'll, you'll be all right. 
Yeah, I, I you know the the only exception that that I've heard perhaps is the real, where it's more important to say you know. I've, uh, a bad reel is worse than no reel because if they're deciding whether to call you in and they see something that's bad, they might go, oh, you know what? Actually, never mind. Whereas if they don't see anything, they go, okay, well, we'll see. I like the resume. I like the look and, and then call you in. So that's the one place where I think it's perhaps more important to be a little more concerning about about what you put out there. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, going back to what you said about um, sort of putting it through your own filters, like just make sure that whatever it is that you can be proud of it you know, because for me, like I don't, I wouldn't want to put out anything I'm not necessarily proud. Of. I, you know, it's like I don't even care if, <clears throat> you know, it's something like you want to get something out. You want to get something out. You want to get something out. I, I want, I want to know that I feel like I can put my like stamp, my own personal stamp of approval on it. You do, however, run into that thing you were saying earlier about never putting anything out because you're so like maybe you're a perfectionist and you want it to be you know, 111%, you know, perfect before you actually send, send something out for that. I say, you know, ask, you know, friends, ask people for advice, send people stuff. We've had, you know, um, Daniel, seriously, we've had multiple actors send us their reels. We are no experts by any means, but if you want to do that, you know, feel free. We, we, you know, we'd love to take a look at it. And if you, if you want, we can talk about it on the show, retweet it, have other you know actors from our community kind of respond to you, um, which is what I am you know more and more trying to create with this podcast is this sort of like community of actors that are all kind of helping each other, mm-hmm. um, which reminds me of um, this new thing. I don't know if you guys have seen happening on Thursdays, Headshot Thursdays. Headshot Tuesday. Headshot Tuesday. Headshot Tuesday. Headshot Tuesday. Acting, right? no, acting no drama on yeah. Twitter. Right, right, right. He started this thing up where basically you just ha- you you post a one of your headshots using like TwitPic or whatever on Twitter, and then hashtag it Headshot Tuesday, and anyone uh, actors or casting directors or if there's a agent or something who's interested in you know joining the conversation can jump onto Twitter. Uh, look up that hashtag and then just look at the headshots and then provide feedback to people instantly, which I think is like so useful. And I I think that's the key because I think a huge pitfall um, that people should just be aware of, it doesn't mean avoid this, but be aware of is, is I I remember I was in a show in Philadelphia and one of the actors was giving the other actor, another actor direction or feedback on their, on their work. (sighs) And the director freaked out. Out. And he was like, you actors never direct other actors. Never. And that really stuck with me. And I thought, okay, so like when you, now we have Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff. And it's like, you have to just take everything that you get with a grain of salt. Because there are going to be some people out there that are really jealous and ne- may not necessarily have the best intentions. Um, there are people true. that have lower standards. And, and you know, meaning that they're going to think something is good when maybe the accepted professional opinion is that it's not good. So you really have to be discerning. And I think like what you were doing, Ben, is just getting as wide a view of what a reel is and what a good headshot is as possible to kind of cultivate that, that sense of good and bad in your, in your own mind yeah. is probably the best thing you can do. And I would say too, just like you were mentioning, trust, you know, look at the source of who's giving you the feedback because another actor and, and, where's that other actor what's their level and if it's an agent is it a commercial agent or a theatrical agent or is it a manager or is it a tv casting director versus a film i mean all these different yeah. things everybody has a different they're they're different industries almost and and so there are different standards so just paying attention and being smart of that's what it is and and the more specific you can be when you solicit feedback of you know here's a headshot and my goal is 
to get a commercial agent out of it. Or my goal is I'm really trying to get on this TV show or mm-hmm. whatever. And the more specific you can be with that, I think the better feedback you'll get. Yeah. Right. Because then the feedback yeah. itself is specific because yeah. it's based on whatever your goal is or, or, or what have you. And I'll put another link out there. I think Billy DeMota or DeMata. I'm not sure. If DeMota, yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, he, um, he's a casting director who's been around town for a long time and he has a website. I think it's free headshot advice dot com or something mm. like that i'll find it you guys can put it on the website and yeah and he ba- you know you can send him a couple of your headshots or a link to it uh and he'll go and take a look and give you give you feedback for free so that's another that's resource cool. for people now is he the guy that there was kind of a big hoo-ha about with the casting director workshop thing yeah well and it's been around for you know this debate has been going on i, I saw a clip of him on 2020 with some other people about Back in nineteen, yeah, I saw that same clip. I think something it was on his website, um, which was do not pay dot org. Yeah, and so it's it's been around for for a long time, and um, I don't know if you guys have mentioned it previously. Bonnie Gillespie did a, a big long post on on casting director workshops that talked about the whole history of it and where it is and maybe where it's going. That I would highly recommend it, not just because she put a couple of things that I said in there. It's really a phenomenal. Look. It'll take you a while to read it, but it's a great look if you guys are. People are curious about that that issue. Let's get to the meat of today's episode. Yes. Which is actor thrival jobs. And I, I love that... that that's actually a term that I think you pretty much coined. Is it? Uh, I, I heard it from a friend, uh, Tanya Perez, who's uh, an okay. actress out here. She's been in New York for a while, and she said it one day, and I was like, "That's it. That's it. That's yeah. what we're doing." Because we we had a brief and conversation. Say, and say why? Yeah. Say yeah. What, yeah we had exactly. a brief conversation right before we started recording, where I was like, "I don't know if survival job or day job really is the most empowering thing to call it." And then Ben was like, "Thrival job." And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's it. Actually, and he said it first. And I was like, right. that's the word I was looking for. But, but continue that conversation, Ben, and talk about like why it's important to you know, call it that and not something else. Yeah, well, I think you know, I was commenting beforehand that we, it gets, when we say day job or these other things, it gets this negative connotation of like, Trevor, you were saying, you know, what is it that you're putting up with you know, to keep going? Yeah. And, and it just puts yeah. this real negative spin on something that is – not only necessary, but I think can be very, very healthy and can be a very positive thing. Absolutely. And this whole, I mean, it's, it's certainly difficult and I, I, you know, I'm not, we're going to get into that, but I think all of these different things that people are doing to pursue their dream, like that's awesome. Whatever it is you're doing, that's allowing you to go after what it is that you really want. I mean, really puts you in an elite percentage of people in society who do that. And so I think I think it's great whatever that is. And the more that we can, you know, find ways to help make that work and help each other with that, I think is awesome. Yeah. Well, you wrote a really really great blog post about this. And you you compared two kind of fictional people, and one of them was a a, a person who was really into like theater and they were in every show and they came out here and they got a waiting job or something. Yeah, well, I Explain was that. it came out of uh when I was in when I was in college, I was studying theater and uh and everybody would always be like, you know, it's the phrase of like, if you if you can see yourself doing anything else, do it because it's so it's so hard and it takes so much work. So, and it was this idea that if you were ever doing anything besides acting, 
anything not acting related that you were wasting your time that, you know, that meant that you weren't going to make it. And then I, you know, moved to LA and I, and all, friends all over the country, um, you know, my fellow bloggers in Chicago, New York, and you realize like, okay, great. But now I have to pay rent and I have to eat. And it takes a while to get to a point where you can maybe do that through acting just as it takes a while to do any business. I mean, that's one of the things when we start talking about starting your own company, it just takes time. So I was, I was feeling frustrated. I was like, well, so what are people supposed to do? And if you spent all of your time acting and never tried to develop any other skills or whatever, I saw those people actually have a much harder time in the professional world because they didn't have any other skills or other things that they could do to help keep the, the acting stuff going. Um, so that's where that blog post came out of as, as sort of a, uh, a thing to say, do those other things. If you're really passionate about anything, I really, you know, any myriad things, whether it's dance or I, you know, I'm a big tech guy. So I, you know, websites or gaming or anything to go pursue that. And I think it gives you a, a fuller life. I mean, our whole, as actors, we're trying to study human behavior and what better way to do that than as a as a server at a restaurant to see all kinds of different human sure, behaviors. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think in the post, the, pers- the, the person that had started the business was making jewelry. Is that what, it, what the example was? I, I think remember. I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was it the was, example. And I know that because I have two friends that do that. Well, and it was sort factors. of, I, I don't, those two examples were not specific people, but they were definitely a compilation of, of people I know who were doing yeah. All those different things. Yeah, I have two friends that that do that. They have their own jewelry making business, and that's what they do to support the the, the acting. Uh, well, that's habits. exactly what that's exactly yeah the acting habit. Support the acting habit. Yeah. Exactly what we're trying to avoid, right? <laughs> this episode. Right. Yeah, yeah. We got into this subject really quickly. I would like Ben to just quickly do a quick rundown of like who you are and what you do. Like talk sure. about the blog and 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 a little bit about where you're coming from, so that because obviously we're going to post. I want to post that particular post uh, in the links under this uh, episode, but um, I would love to hear you know who who the hell I am to even be you? on a podcast and <laughs> yeah. giving who any kind of it? advice. Well, you know, because you, know, you, you know what I was thinking is there's there may not be there may be either listeners who this is their first episode, or there may be listeners that just don't know who you are necessarily. Totally. Well, just in terms of sort of with the context of this episode. So I, um, I have a couple companies that I started with, uh, with friends. I'm, I'm originally from Colorado and started doing, I was a, I was, I was a cowboy for a while, uh, a homeschool cowboy. And then, uh, was back in the city and went to school, uh, at CU Boulder back in Colorado. And that's where I met uh, a lot of these guys who I'm doing, uh, business with now. But so while I was in college, I started uh, a company called Tuition Specialists, and basically what we do is uh, our goal is to help people be able to afford higher education to make it more affordable and accessible. Uh, and we're doing a number of different things with that. The the primary focus right now is helping out-of-state students get in-state tuition at a number of different universities across the country. So doing that as a company that I started while I was in college, and then I also, I've always, like I said, I've always been a big nerd and uh started doing a lot of web design in college, uh, and basically turned that into a company that I do as well with, uh, actually two of my buddies from, from high school, one of which is my roommate out here. Uh, both one is one of which is also, uh, a, a, a up comic and the other one is a, a musician and composer. 
Um, so it's kind of, you know, everybody's kind of doing that, that same thing, but then we also have this web design company. So I do that's great. Uh, web design as well. So that's sort of my, uh, I guess, business credentials. Um, but I, I was sort of surrounded by a, a group in, in Boulder when I was going to school of friends who were all doing these things, starting different companies. My other buddy started, a, an online home for adventure sports. Uh, and they're right now currently in Boulder running the first ever Institute for social entrepreneurs, uh, in Boulder called the unreasonable Institute. So have huh. been sort of surrounded That's by awesome. uh, a lot of entrepreneurs and young people doing all of these different various business endeavors to support a, a lot of them are actors and, and just otherwise other artists. Yeah. Well, we try to make, you know, this podcast accessible to, you know, people who aren't artists, people who are, I mean, who either aren't artists or aren't actors who are, uh, doing other kind of, of art. So that's yeah. from the sort of, like you said, business credentials. And then from the acting point of view, you have your, your blog. Yeah. But you guys have mentioned very kindly on the, uh, on the podcast here, it's called playbills versus paying bills.com. And, uh, and it was really cool. Two of my buddies who I went to college with contacted me one day and they're like, you know, I, my buddy Joe is in Chicago and my friend Emily's in New York. And they're like, well, we, we kind of have this idea for this blog we're three actors graduate. You kind of just graduated college looking to go be professional actors. Uh, would you sort of be the LA contingent of the blog? And I was like, yes, this is <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so sort of our goal is to share our experiences in the three different cities, as well as resources and, you know, anything else that we come across as, as actors. Cause I was noticing when I moved here, right. Actually about the same time that you guys started, we started almost exactly when you guys started doing this podcast, uh, and I was noticing beforehand that it was just – I was struggling to find the information and resources that I felt were important for actors to to have. Um, for example, there's no – I don't think there's anywhere online where you can get like a, a downloadable Word document of a, of a professional actor resume like as a template, which – I'm going to do a blog post on soon, I promise, because <laughs> um, it's still not out there that I'm aware of. But things like that, that that you know once once you've been around for a while. But I was like, it's silly that it should be so hard to find this information. We did yeah. a we did a before and after on our web- website. I don't know if you heard that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what. And episode- there were, what was interesting about that was there were still differences in our after resumes. There were still between the two of us. Between you the mean? two of us. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But there's also like differing opinions on that. But at least yeah. to give people like a you know a head start because there is a there is a standard uh, of very you know of how you list things and all of that. And there's certainly right. flex in all of these things. But there's just sort of some standards that that you know I, I felt like I was a, I was a smart guy and I'd kind of done my research and knew what was going on and got to LA and I was like, dude, I don't know anything and found all these great sources of information. So in any case, that's kind of what we're trying to do with the blog is share those experiences cool. and to share how different, you know, the lives are in different cities because, you know, your life as an actor can be very very different in these different places and so trying yeah. to share what that's like uh and, and you know, no judgment on any of it. It's just but I think it's really important as an actor to say what is what is it that I want. You know, I had a friend come in from Chicago uh, a couple of weeks ago to visit and, and was just sort of remarking on how different the life of an actor is here versus in Chicago, both in good ways and bad ways. And just figuring out what is it that you want? You know, do you want to go do community theater in Iowa and probably work every single show that they do or come out to LA and focus more on, you know, there's a certain business aspect of it that, you know, it has to be focused on if you want to get to the top levels of, of, you know, film and te- television out here and figuring out what that is for you. Yeah. 
Right. So we've pimped it many a times, but uh, playbills versus paying bills. Um, and, of course, we'll put the – we should just have a section for Ben's links on the – You know, we, we, we can even set up an RSS feed. So just we have a section on the right that just updates every time your blog updates. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, <laughs> you, you know? You guys have said it now. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to hold you to that. Ben's like, hey, hey, you got, we get like 12 emails a day. <laughs> have you updated it? Have you updated it? Come on, guys. With all that being said, I think maybe we just go through all of these uh, and talk about all the different people that sent in stuff. And the job ideas that they've either done or had or have had or whatever it is or have now and just kind of comment on them. That would be kind of fun. Absolutely. And as as a a listener on the podcast, I want to know – the question has come up multiple times. What what you guys do for other jobs and what have you done throughout the past? So I don't know if you guys want to start with that or interject that throughout, but I know us listeners are dying to hear. Well, we've gotten that question – a few times, I think, uh, we get this question a lot because uh, we focus on, you know, uh, our podcast tends to attract people who are just kind of getting their start. So they ask about, like, you know, um, supporting the acting habit, as we were saying before. Um, and <clears throat> so we have answered this this question, but it changes so often. And I, I really like the fact that, uh, especially with Trevor, we're starting to become more and more entrepreneurial in our financial pursuits than it's, we it, have been in the past. And it's, it's just, it's just like, you just kind of realize that that's the only way to keep, to keep moving forward. You, you hit a point in your career where you're like, well, it's do or die. If I'm going to keep doing this acting thing, I've got to create my own schedule and my own sources of income. Right. You know, I can't keep working for somebody else on somebody else's schedule. Right. So I have worked... Uh, multiple retail jobs. Um, I have done uh, private computer consultations. I have done website design, uh, which seems to be a, a very popular one. And um, I work in multiple theaters. Um, some one of our um, UStream uh, listeners, uh, Taylor, just said, you know, teaching kids to perform is a is a a good thing. Uh, to to help uh, pay the bills, and I've actually done that. Uh, I've worked with a theater company uh, doing um, uh, performances for for uh, like elementary school kids. Um, and then Trevor and I both have uh, jobs working for um, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, theater company in Los Angeles, Center Theater Group. So we work for them. So it keeps us around the theater, which is nice. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I mean, you know. There's probably little things that I've done here and there, sprinkled in, uh, just to kind of make you know a few bucks here and there, like recording somebody's uh, web series or something where they just toss you 150 bucks just for being there. Extra work I've done, I've done the extra work thing, you know. Sure. So um, how about you, Trev? There's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same. I mean, that's stuff. how we that's how we met is we first started working the mm-hmm. the same couple jobs, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've done a lot of what's what, what AJ's done. Um, uh, let me think. I waited tables out here. Uh, I, I worked as a bartender at my buddy's bar for a few months. Um, but right now I work at the center theater group. I do freelance video editing. Um, for a little while I was, I was editing actor reels. Um, and now my, my increasingly main gig is, is recording uh, character and animation voiceover demos for actors. Which is my favorite thing because that is something that you started and are doing yourself. Like yeah. you, that is yeah. your 
entrepreneur, your newest entrepreneurial pursuit. And I, I just, I love yeah. that. Well, what's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been good. So yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I was actually really surprised some of the, the suggestions we got, some of the things that came up, I was like, wow, really? Um, so do you want to just start the, with a start, list? Start from the, yeah, let's yeah, just start I mean, from the top. Carolina Gropa, um, wrote us and, uh, she said she has three jobs right now. Um, she's a nanny, a film editor and a hostess at a restaurant. Um, that's a lot. Those are all very time consuming jobs. Yes. Definitely. Um, I wonder if the nanny thing is actually, cause I actually dated a girl once. Good for you. Who, yeah, just once. I've only had one, one, one girl uh, uh, ever. Um, no, I dated a girl once who who was a nanny, and it was. I mean, she worked from like eight a.m. You know, when the kids needed to like get to school to like five six p.m. every yeah. single day, every single weekday. And so I wonder, you know, how much that nannying is just babysitting or like nannying, like for reals, like you're taking care of the kids. I, the I would imagine it's the it's the latter, you know. Like I, a nanny is is usually expected to do that kind of stuff. I think my my only issue with that because we have to look at all of these from an actor's point of view. My only issue is that with that is if you're taking care of kids. How easy is it for you to get out to an audition? Yeah. Let's say you pick them up every day from school at 3 o'clock. Yeah. And then you get an audition at 3 o'clock. Right. What do you do? Yes, that's, exactly. That's where it gets tough. Well, and I'll say I think that's a good point to bring up in terms of, you know, as we're looking at these jobs, what is it? What's the goal of the job? I mean, obviously, people need to pay rent and eat food. Um so, you know, what else are we looking at? And one, I think, is the flexibility of time, which you guys are talking about in terms of getting to auditions or or getting to class or getting to networking events. I mean, it's not always just auditions, but having the freedom of time to, to control your schedule, I think, is, a, is an important filter to look mm-hmm. at. Um, and freedom of location. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you can be absolutely. location independent for the most part. That's where it's at. <laughs> one of our uh Ustream viewers just said take the kids to the audition as props <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, well and i have friends i know Seriously. who've done that who've had uh, well i guess you could take them and 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 um you know like have them in the waiting room it wouldn't be i mean i've seen parents who have had to do that because they had no, no other choice but you know if that's your job like that would be really weird to kind of you know if, if, if you're meaning if nannying was your job like, yeah. oh, by the way, I brought your kids to an audition today. Like, if I was a parent and you said that to me, I might be like, dude, I might consider somebody else. I would think that'd kids. be like, awesome. But that's because <laughs> I'm an, I'd be like, oh, sweet. Did you get them in? Did you get them something? Like, <laughs> book, book, get them on a commercial so we can, you know, seriously upgrade yeah. the car. Yeah. That's why I think her second job, the film editor thing, is great because that's, that's something that I do very frequently. And I can do that in the middle of the night if I need to. Right. You know, from home. And I can do it on my laptop. So I can do it, I can do it, you know, if, if I can plug in somewhere, I could do it on the street if I needed to. Like, that that kind of thing, I think, fits the criteria that we're kind of talking about. Absolutely. Um, hopefully you're not w- working from the street. That would be... <laughs> but you could. But, yeah, but... I've no, 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 no. I've I don't done mean, it. I don't mean, like, because it would be bad. I mean, because it would mean you were homeless. <laughs> yeah. But you could. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You only need a <laughs> yeah. computer to li- to be an actor in Los Angeles. It's the, that's it's the it. outlet right. that's tough. Right. It's the, yeah, it's it's the, the power outlet, that gets harder from yeah. the street. Mm, well, you know. Just have a long extension cord with you. Uh, Dan Amos wrote in, and he says he's a freelance bookkeeper, and he says it pays pretty well and it's pretty flexible. And actually, this is something that my stepmom 
uh, did for a while. Your stepmom, Trev? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. She, I, she was a freelance bookkeeper, and she got regular work, and she worked from home uh, probably about 95% of the time. Over, only every once in a while did she actually have to go in and you know put her hands on files and things like that. Was she doing it for a company or for a person? Both. Oh, for like she, she, had, she had several clients at all times, <clears throat> and um, she enjoyed it, and it seemed to work great for her. I have a couple other actor friends who do the same thing, and it's a pretty yeah. – they find it a pretty flexible – uh, schedule and sometimes they'll go to people's houses on a freelance sort of basis and go help them organize their books or a lot of times there's sort of one maybe steady client that brings in a lot of the work and then kind mm-hmm. of freelance on the side for other people and uh, have heard very good feedback on that's that as a, as a job that's sort of flexible like that. So I guess you have to be good at math. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you have a program like QuickBooks or Quicken or something, that would be yeah. a prerequisite. You could just manage uh, multiple accounts, multiple people's accounts in the one yeah. a- application, just have a different file for each person. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what my stepmom did. Well, okay. I think that goes back to what I was mentioning earlier. You know, What are those skills that you have? You know, Maybe a lot of people started off in business or started off or you know, they were studying business in college or whatever and have these other skills that you can then use to, to turn into a business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a common need. Like, uh, you know, that's a common niche that needs to be filled is people like, will you just take care of my money stuff for me? Yeah. Like, cause I don't feel like, like doing I can it spend it, but paying my bills is like, you know, especially for small businesses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. I had a friend tell me recently, um, <clears throat> I was thinking about this episode, um, when she told me this and I was like blown away because it kind of made me extremely jealous for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, she had a friend who was an investment banker. The guy went to school for theater and had no experience doing this somehow became an investment banker at this com- at this company that paid him super well, you know, his salary and he worked nine to five, but he was there so long and they loved him so much. And I don't know if this meant that he wasn't going out on auditions for a couple of years because he was earning their sort of you know, admir- trust and admiration, but they loved him so much that he could leave any time he wanted. He could just le- he could just walk out of the office yeah. anytime he wanted. To me, that is an awesome dream job because if your salary and you're getting your work done, which is the other caveat, obviously you have to get your work done, but he always got his work done and he would just leave. He's like, I have an audition. They'd be like, okay, I'll see you later. You coming yeah. back today? No. Okay. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. That's that's great because if you can consistently deliver and they rely on you for results and you deliver every single time, then they're going to trust you. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's the kind of employee that's a dream employee for the company. <laughs> when I think companies are getting more and more open to that situation, especially as sort of uh, the younger yeah. generation almost demands that now. But and I think it goes back to you know focusing on stuff that you're passionate about in addition to acting because if you if you like that stuff and you can deliver and get your work done and show up and really be an asset to whatever company or whomever it is you're working with or for there's a lot more flexibility that comes up you know as opposed to if you hate your job and you show up and you're never doing any extra effort and all you know and it's just a drain uh and and this as a as a second point in terms of these jobs that's the other catch that I see people falling into is they find a job that might be flexible or whatever, but it sucks the living soul out of them. And that's not very helpful either because then you don't end up being able to do anything with your free time. That's well, that's what happens a lot with uh, a lot of retail jobs and a lot of waiting table jobs. Absolutely. As great as they are for actors, 
You know, at the end of the day, you're like, the last thing you want to do is see anybody. You know, you just want to sit down in front of your TV and decompress for a few hours. And that's when, that's a big red flag. Right. It's tough because, I mean, the the industry itself takes a lot of energy, a lot of guts, and a lot of persistence, and a lot of, like, you know, just you got to steal yourself for that. and And it takes a lot out of you. And then to have a job doing that on top of it, like you have to have like, you know, basically an infinite amount of energy, you know, which uh, goes away as you get older. (laughs) I'm noticing. A little bit, yeah. Jen Levin uh, wrote in and said that uh, she's had good success being a K through 12 substitute teacher in Los Angeles. I tried to do this. Which I think... uh, A couple people have suggested that to me, actually. Yes, I've heard that a lot. It's really great. But uh, I... Last time I heard it was filled up. Yeah, I, I saw your I saw your note here, Trev, about it being filled up. And actually, I believe that's true because I remember when I was actually looking for work um, a while back. I took the CBEST, which is um, if you don't if you're not if you don't live in California, there's no reason you should know this, but it's a requirement in California to be a teacher or a substitute teacher. Um, because I thought, oh, so I'll do I'll substitute teach while I'm you know, looking for a more permanent gig. And uh, I took the CBS and I passed and I like took I got all the things in line to do this and could not find a job anywhere. Yeah. And so it was it wasn't useless. I'm glad I did it. I have that in my back pocket now, you know, because the test itself costs like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or something like that. So it can be kind of expensive just to for the capital outlay to get in the door with this. Um, but I don't regret it because like I said, I always have that in my back pocket, but I think with the way that the economy is right now, I think it is filled up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what I heard, which is a bummer. Cause I think it's pretty ideal. <clears throat> it kind of fits most of our criteria. So probably something maybe worth looking into at least. Yeah. Seeing, Cause for, there's a yeah. good chance that that might change or, you know, maybe there's some specific skills, you know, if you're an art teacher or something, and maybe they don't have that or something that might yeah, be. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the, I, don't, I don't know. The test, worth the test is uh, not easy, but it's also not difficult. It's uh, sort of, you know, somewhere in the middle. Uh, and it's 100 bucks. So, you know, if you have $100 and you want to invest it, because I think you can write that off. Right? Could you write that off as some kind of like? I don't know. It's not directly acting related, but. Well, uh, if it's a business but if expense. It's a business expense. That's what I'm saying. So you'd probably be able to write. I mean, I don't know, but who's, who's keeping the books who, as their job? They can write us. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we can write so, that off. Yeah, Seriously. here we go. Can we, Dan, Dan, Dan Amos Amos. at Dan underscore Amos on Twitter? Can we write off the CB the CBest? Um, cool. And if that's the case, then you know, might as well have it. Like I said, in my like I have it in my back pocket, and you you could too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zach Eustachio, I, th- I hope Estachio. 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 I studied because he keeps writing in and I want, I don't want to mess up his name okay. anymore. So Zach Estachio. Zach Estachio writes in, uh, <laughs> he said he's a bank teller, but he's, he also immediately followed that up by saying it's not that flexible. Um, but he said in a voicemail once to us that he does make good money and oh, that yeah, he's I'm kind sure of, and that he's kind of saving, he's putting his money away. Um, yeah, I can imagine it's not that flexible. Yeah, I mean, and you're you're not location independent. You're not schedule independent. Um, but you know, if it, it comes back, maybe you're a great bank teller. You know, and the, and the company is like, okay, cool. You know, like you can have somebody cover your shift because you've been consistently staying later, making sure the work gets done, going mm-hmm. the extra mile, that kind of thing. Uh, Anthony Hansen wrote in and he said, and actually, Ben, this is I wanted to get your uh, take on this because he said he, he's gotten into uh, web development. 
which and then he said programming. I'm not sure if that's the same as design. I, 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 not really. Uh, no? Okay. Uh, but he said he transitioned into SEO, which is a search engine optimization at a fortunately flexible company. Um, so what, what does that entail? Well, I, you know, there's a certain uh, level of skill that you have to have for any of these things. And, I, you know, most of my friends and people I know who do this, most are self-taught. Interestingly, like I don't know necessarily a lot of friends who studied computer science in college. I mean, I have a couple – um, but so it's stuff that people got into and kind of taught themselves how to make websites or like I said, my, my roommate, who's part of our web design company, just that's his brain happens to work like that. And he just taught himself programming and he's a, an expert programmer making phenomenal money now, uh, as, as a programmer doing, you know, databases and, and all of that type of stuff. But what I will say is that to just be creative in your thinking of this, because for example, I know a lot of companies, uh, who need help with social media type stuff. For example, I have a friend mm, who's a yeah. sort of social media consultant for, a, a an older company and, you know, they don't even, you know, they're just using the two cans with a string on it and don't under, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear about <coughs> Twitter or whatever, but yeah. realize that that's a necessary thing. So if you have those skills of teaching, being able to do that and set people's Twitter accounts, Facebook pages, a blog that you can manage, all of these different things are absolutely ways that a lot of us have skills in that we wouldn't necessarily think to monetize, but there is a, a market out there that needs that work. Right. That, to be honest, would be my dream job. Well, I would love to work for a, for a bigger corporation that didn't ask, that just wanted to hire some punk kid like myself to just run their social networking stuff. You know, because I kind of do that now. I'm not going to say what what you know companies I do it for, but I kind of do it now with a podcast. Let's say, let's use Inside Acting as the example. Sure. And like you know, I feel like I have a good grasp on those things, like you were just saying, Ben. And I would just, oh, how awesome would that be? Because it would be super flexible. You do everything from your iPhone if you wanted to, <laughs> like super flexible, uh, super uh, like you were saying, Trev, location independent. Um, uh, fun, a lot of fun, you know, and essentially you are aiding in, uh, the marketing, the branding of this company, you know, um, man, I could get so into that. Well, and I think there's a lot of things like that, that we don't necessarily <clears throat> think of like, I don't have any other skills. I don't do anything else. And it's like, well, you know, you spend all this time on Facebook and Twitter, or whatever. And that's, I mean, that's a skill. And especially if you can learn how to communicate to people, the value of that and how that could help people's company grow or get new customers or actually, you know, whether it were a, a, a branding thing or whatever the case may be, but, but doing the research and taking a look at it from a, just shifting your frame of reference a little bit to a business standpoint and saying, how is it that I can add value to these companies with these tools, which can be great for that. Yeah. Right. Kick ass. I love that idea. And I, there are a lot of companies that are looking to get on board with this stuff. Um, and probably I would imagine just looking for the right person. Yeah. And I, as you were saying, I, I think it's so important to put these things out into the universe. I mean, this is one of the things you guys have talked about on the podcast before, but if your ideal job is social media guru, tell people that I, every web design job I've gotten has been from referrals at almost every single business, every dollar I've ever earned ever. If I look at it is all goes back ultimately to some type of referral, almost without exception. Uh, and, and that's how I, a lot of the web design stuff happens is that 
people go, what do you, oh, I, you know, I design websites or whatever. And, you know, it's just part of normal conversation. It comes up. Oh, well, I, everyone knows a guy who needs a website. Everybody knows that. So if you can start putting those things out there to your friends, to the network you already have, put it as your Facebook thing. Hey, everybody, I'm looking for a job in this location with these hours. These are the skills I have. I'm just putting it out there. And I see that work all the time. Cause you don't know someone's cousin works for a thing and just like, Oh yeah, actually I think I know somebody. So putting that out there, getting as specific as you can about what you want and then just putting it out there. Yeah. Don't, under, don't underestimate the power of your social, your online social network. And you know, people you already fr- are friends with. I hear yeah. that all the time of like, yeah, I was, I was sending an email newsletter blast to, you know, my friends and family and, and so-and-so's, you know, third cousin in Florida just started working at this company and they need someone just like that. Yeah. Actually, I know someone who got an agent or an agent meeting that way as well. Someone's yeah. like, I don't know if you guys were talking about that, but someone's like third cousin in Florida. Oh, they just started working at like. CAA or something ridiculous and someone got a meeting because <clears throat> just of that, but it, but the same principle applies to this business stuff of, and if you're good at stuff and you put it out there, you know, because that's what you do. Well, I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm really getting right. into social media stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Sick. Uh, Amber Plaster, who is freaky green eyes on Twitter. Um, she's been a long time listener and she wrote in with a bunch of ideas. I think we actually got two separate emails as well as a, a tweet or two. Um, and the thing that really kind of caught me off guard with one of her suggestions was being a standardized patient, which I gather is basically an actor that is hired to, uh, study up on some sort of ailment, physical ailment, uh, or disease or illness, and then go into a room and act that out and be a patient for these student physicians. I've actually done this. So talk about this because this is fascinating to me. So, um... Uh, this woman was a friend of uh, someone in our theater company, Trev uh, and my theater company, the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble. Um, and she came to see a show, and she was basically just asking all the actors. She 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 went up to a lot of the actors. She like you know really enjoyed the performance and liked a lot of the actors in it. And she came up to me, um, and uh, the person who was in our company introduced us, and she said, you know, I work for. Um, <clears throat> UCLA, the UCLA Medical Center, and I have kind of a strange job because I'm p- part casting director. I have to cast these actors in these standardized patient things. And I said, okay. And so I went in and I actually had an audition, which was all improv. Actually, I think I remember this. But yeah, I think yeah. I told you about this. And This was uh, years ago. Yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. I, I actually never... Well, I'll talk about that. Um, and they gave me a situation, and I had to basically like learn... Or kind of create these scenarios based on you know this very basic information that they gave me, and they sent me, and then I went into the room, and she went through just ask, kind of asking me questions, um, and then she dropped this bomb that was not on the 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 scenario that she had given me. Not a knowledge bomb. No, different, different kind, kind of bomb. bomb. Different kind of bomb. <laughs> different yeah, sound very effect. different. Yeah, yeah. very dis- different sound effect. Um. <clears throat> and the, and it was basically like to test what my natural reaction to, to something like that would be. Um, and it was really interesting. Anyway, I technically got hired or booked or whatever. I got it. But every time that they called me from then on out, I was unavailable because of rehearsal or an audition or another job that was paying me more or what have you. Because uh, as Amber puts in her post, you only, you only get paid fifteen between 15 and $40 an hour. 
which the higher ends of which sounds great, $40 an hour, but you only work like four hours in a week and they don't call you every single week. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it would never be your main source of income. Yeah. Um, but it is exactly as you described, Trev, where you literally are given a scenario. You go in one day for a rehearsal where you learn about this ailment or disease or psychological whatever. And then you go in later on in the week um, and you're actually in a class playing that patient and the students have to work with you as if they were the physician and you were the patient. Yeah. I almost got hired to do that in, in Colorado. Kaiser Permanente has a, a program where they do that with, with people who are already doctors who've been doctors for a long time and, and working on their bedside manner right. as yeah, it were. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Interesting. One of our uh, really one of our Ustream viewers just said that uh, Bonnie uh, Gillespie has an article about the standardized patient gig. Um, actually, this might be the link. It might even be the link. That is the link. Show, show facts. We're gonna yeah, yeah. the show facts. Like, we're that. gonna we're gonna put that link on uh, on the website. So very cool. You guys can go check that out. So some of the other ones from Amber, non union background and music video extra work. Um, the pluses are it gets you lots of time to read and do homework, memorize your lines. You can even take naps. You can meet other cool actors there. Um, but if it's non-union, it usually only pays you about uh, between 80 and a hundred bucks. Um, and you're, you're there the entire day. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, if you want to make any sort of decent income off of that, you got to work five days a week. Yeah. It kind of, it is kind of a time suck. Uh, We, you know, I, like I said before, we've all kind of done the background work. We've done the extra thing. There's people who just do that and that's all they really want to do, which is fine. Like I'm, you know, I'm not passing judgment. If you want to either a make more money or have B flexibility, it's probably not the best idea. What kind of background stuff have you done? Ben, have you done any extra work or anything like that? I haven't really, uh, sort of for that reason. I mean, I saw friends who, who have done it and, and I'm actually, I have it in my counter to go register with, with central casting just to get on some studio lots and get that experience. Sure. Um, but part of it too, was just a, a calculation for me of, of opportunity cost in terms of, you know, I had these other businesses, you know, I'm still sort of in the growth phase of a lot of them, but so it makes more sense for me to spend my time doing that as opposed yeah. to any of these other opportunities. You know, if that weren't the case, I don't know. I might've, I might've checked into that I, I will say that, again, I have some friends and that's pretty much all they do uh, and they really like it, especially once they're sort of union and the, the money gets a little better. Um, but I also have some friends who did it for a long time and it really – it was that soul-sucking yeah. thing that happened. So yeah. I, I don't – I think it depends on the person, how much you enjoy that or what will happen with that, but just something to be aware of. Yeah. Well, I think one of the really good – the good one of the good things is – I mean, all those things you laid out are, are absolutely spot on, um, but you can make some really good relationships mm-hmm. on these sets. You know, like I, I've met some people who down the line, it led to another job. Sure. And I'm talking like years later, this person oh, yeah. called me up and said, hey, remember that music video we worked on? Well, listen, dude, my buddy's directing this film and you'd be perfect for the role. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what? It's like out all of the, the blue. Time. It happens all the time. So it, all yeah. the time. So I think that, you know, there's... A phase in your career, maybe, or a point where it makes a lot of sense to go do this stuff and really invest your time in doing that. Well, and especially if you've never been yeah. on a set, being able to oh, yeah. see yeah. what, what the heck works. goes on. Yeah. Wow, they're wow, those actors are waiting all day long. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> right. Uh, and and you know, I I feel like a day on a set is certainly better than a day on your couch. 
Oh, so yeah. it's sort of yeah. a matter of, you know, what are the other things that are going on and, and being smart about that. But yeah. being yeah. around other people in the industry and in that, I, I think if you have a good attitude and, you know, aren't showing up and yelling at people, yeah. probably <laughs> could lead to some of those opportunities you're talking about for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. Well, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, it's like, what, 15 bucks to register with Central Casting or something Nominal like that. fees. Yeah, it's not that much. And you can go and just, you know, re- get yourself registered. And then it's your job... Or it's up to you to be the one to, to 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 call in and find out what you know is what projects are going on, what people are looking for, and stuff like that. And if you don't have time, you don't have time, and you know you only have to re register for them once a year. Like mm-hmm. yeah, so it's you know, pretty ideal in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, it's if getting the you know it's about getting getting the the on set experience. I mean, that's as one of our UStream listeners just typed uh, the main reason for considering the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's twenty five dollars registration at Central Casting. Thank you, Randy, from right Ustream. Cool. Um, but Randy also <clears throat> typed in, you know, besides the extra work, there are other non actor industry jobs out there. Um, I don't know how well they pay. I don't know what the soul suck factor is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that man. The, the soul suck. The factor. soul suck factor. Um, but he writes uh, production assistant, wardrobe, scene painting, etc. There's, there's a lot of opportunities in that. And especially, you know, a lot of, I was going to say this earlier, you know, a lot of actors are also writers are also these other things. And so there is opportunities to use that as a, as you know, film editor or, you know, writing copy or editing stuff or whatever the case may be, can be a good opportunity. Um, I, I see people sometimes have bad expectations going in and thinking that, oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be a PA and that they're going to hire me as an actor the next day because they find out I'm an actor. So that that doesn't necessarily happen often. I'm not saying it doesn't. I know that it that it can, but it's just having the right expectations about what you're doing. Sure. Um, yeah. But you know, if you're in touch with industry people and around industry people, I think for the most part that's probably a good thing. You know, there's I hear some people go, well, then they'll only know you as a as a PA or only know you as a this or a that. Um, uh, no, 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 I don't no, 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 They know I, you as a person. In yeah. this in this industry, everybody does five or six things at least. Especially these days, I think that yeah. might have been the case. You know, ten years ago, where you kind of either did one or the other, maybe more so. But now, everybody's producing their own thing, and everybody, you know, working yeah. sound on one set and then the other, and and being around those people, I think is good. I think uh, wasn't it? Isn't there a story about Harrison Ford? He was working as a carpenter on a set for yeah. that's how Spielberg yeah. or Lucas, and they needed an actor, and Harrison Ford was like, "Well, I'm an actor too." Well, I think that's how he got the reader job for Star Wars because he was okay. a reader. Uh, reading the Han Solo character for all these people. And he was just doing it as kind of a favor to, uh, to a friend as the story goes that I've, that I've heard. And, and they do it, you know, over and over, he's reading with all these people. And by the end, they were like, we can't see anybody else as the character. <laughs> like, you're just, you're the guy. That's awesome. And that's how he got it. But yeah, he was just a reader. And I think it was either that job or a different one that he got. Yeah. Cause he was like fixing the door. Yeah. On set. Yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, tool belt and everything. Skills. Yeah, man. Skills. skills. Develop Remember, those skills. skills. Those are great. Yeah. With a Z. What? <laughs> uh, Amber also writes that she uh, does a lot of promotion uh, and event work. Um, that includes um, passing out flyers, you know, dressing up as a, in a costume and, and passing out uh, flyers or coupons and stuff to people. Um, she says she's worked a lot of conventions, um, you know, being that that quote-unquote pretty person that brings that lures people into the booth to, you know, buy something or experience something. Uh, I hope that didn't sound is too that, shady. Is that in the costume? <laughs> no, no, no. Much, <laughs> much, respect, much respect to Amber's yeah. husband. 
She is married. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, she is quite beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I've actually... Hey, this is going to be a weird segue. I've gone out for these auditions, um, but I've never booked for for the promotion deal. Yeah, I just I thought it was funny that I called her pretty and then said I've done this before, <laughs> but I've never booked, so maybe I'm not pretty. Um, yeah, they don't. They typically go for the females. Yeah, with attractive this. women can get tons of work doing this. Yeah. Um, well, and I have some. I have some uh, sort of male modely type friends as well who do the same thing. I think. Yeah, these are what prettybartenders dot com or something, and that's Seriously? like all they. Yeah, absolutely. Prettybartenders like I, I, I don't know if oh. that's a specific website, but I know. Wait, I'm looking that up. One of my right one now. of my friends <laughs> when I came out, I was like, oh yeah, this guy like you know, and that's all it is. It's like pretty bar, both men and women that you can hire. Wow. That's really um, interesting. So there is, uh, you know, that's there crazy. is a lot of that. Even even if they don't necessarily advertise it explicitly. Um. Wow. So yeah, I mean, um, there, that's another, uh, kind of option is, is being one of these kind of promotional people. And Amber says she's also made some good money. Um, and I, I know a couple people that have been able to actually make some decent money, um, doing print modeling work that they found through, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Craigslist or especially model mayhem, which I think is basically like yeah. Facebook, but for models and photographers. I think it's sort of a combination of, of Facebook and like actors access. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of, if you're, if you're doing modeling stuff. You, that's kind of you have to have a profile there, and that's where people are kind of looking to hire. And I think, but it's it's free to create the profile, right? It's free. I think it's. I want to say it's free to create it, but I think maybe there's probably like a pro level. I think, yeah, I think there's some money to oh, have a full profile. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know much about it, but I know some people who've had some success with it. Um, it's also it's a way. About, it's all about like networking, actually, with other photographers and models. Yeah, well, as I say, I, I know a lot of actors who put themselves on there uh, to sort of get free headshots. Out of it because there's a lot of sort of aspiring photographers and people who are on there a lot, always looking for new subjects to to help build a portfolio. So I have a lot of friends who've gotten free modeling and or uh, headshots out of it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, this is totally changing gears, but uh, a friend of ours, uh, AJ, um, named John, uh, does a lot of grant writing. That's his main source of income now. Is he writes grants. Yeah. That's, um, there's a huge demand for that. And if he, he makes, can, if he can be a good grant writer, that's huge. Yeah, he makes a lot of money doing that, and I don't necessarily know what that entails. Do either of you? I've, I've, with... I've worked with some nonprofits and stuff before. I actually I worked at um, the Colorado Council on the Arts, which is the sort of state arts entity in in the state of Colorado. I interned for them for a summer, and and that's sort of all they do is they read these grants and then give out money to these various artists all over the state. Is, um, is the idea that the government has just a a chunk of money that's set aside every year for well grants. there's the, the both the government and then a, a tremendous number of private, private yeah. foundations mm-hmm. individuals and they're just like uh, we have to give this philanthropists money away this and year. it's actually <laughs> uh, i've talked to a couple of philanthropists and it's it's hard to give away money it's actually quite difficult especially when you have specific goal where i'm like I, every, I every, everyone that. listening that everyone right. listening's like it's not that hard <laughs> just here's my i'll address. change that tonight trust me <laughs> hashtag first world problems yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in terms of the, the grant world, you know, there's a lot of sort of specifics that, you know, somebody died and only wants to give their, their money to someone who's really passionate about like a specific type of butterfly and lives in Kentucky or like, kind of like college scholarships. I don't know if anybody experienced that where there's like these really specific, you're like, like if you're like Scandinavian and under five foot six and can juggle, yeah. Then, no, then we no. got a full ride scholarship. Right. For you. Right. That's yeah. Nuts. No. Exactly. But so that's in the grant writing world as well. And so, if you can be good at at 
connecting sources. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sources to the people with the money. Because uh, there's a lot that goes into grant writing. It's actually pretty difficult, and there can be a lot right. of competition. But so that's that's really really yeah. interesting. And I, I would imagine that's why there that. and that's why there's the, the, what you do is you bring in now you're bringing in another company who specializes in doing the grant writing. So me, the organization, goes to the grant writing company, another organization, to write a letter to get organization C now to donate money to or my organization. Organization wow. A. Wow. So yeah. you got to go through like you're the middleman as a grant writer, basically. Well, in some big, in some yeah, in some ways, nonprofits and stuff have. I mean, that's a full time position. One of my friends, that's she works for uh, a nonprofit in town, and that's all she does is write grants to help keep that's them so funded. Cool. And I, would, I guess you take like a commission, a 15 percent commission or something. Is that? I don't actually know. I I'd be curious be like for, for a freelance. I don't. I don't actually know. I'd be. I'd be curious to find yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder more if they work they on that. commission or fee. Yeah, because it, it a flat fee. For yeah, the, no matter what the commission might be, kind of nuts, especially if they're going after like million dollar grants and stuff yeah. like that. Not that there's a lot of those out there. Man, can but you imagine? Holy, ten percent, hundred grand, hundred grand. Done. I'm buying a house. That <laughs> yeah, would be it's got to be flat fee then. I don't know. This, this could be something to look into. We should ask John about that because, um, yeah, if anybody he, out there listening has experience with that, yeah, yeah. anybody or any of these jobs for that matter. Like, if you heard something on the podcast and you're like, that's wrong, or I've done that. Um, please yeah. send us a voicemail, send us a, an MP3, tweet at us, send us an email. Uh, we've actually got a couple more emails, and then we have two... Uh, MP3s that were sent in regarding actor jobs that I okay. that I want to get to. Great. Um, uh, one is from actually Matt Wilder, who we mentioned earlier. He mentioned the sub- substitute teaching thing, um, but then he has got a couple of other ones on here that I've one I've I've heard of and one I've never even. I'm like, what? Dance motivator for a DJ company. I think pays I pays 150 dollars per job, and you motivate teens to dance at bar and bat mitzvahs, as well as other types of parties. I you basically show that. up, awesome. and your job is to get people to dance. I want that job. That's all I do if I go to a party. You know, Trev, you've been at parties with me before. I do. I do know. I just like yeah, he's, he's laughing. Like, he's like, I, I do know. You're a crazy <laughs> son of a beep. Um, yeah. What? That's a I, what? You said you've heard of this before? No, I think that's awesome. It, it reminds me. I, I know someone else who uh, does something similar was basically sort of started off. Someone was looking uh, for someone to help teach their kids dance. I have another friend who teaches at some like kind of like children's theater, similar type of thing with children's dance. Um, and it was sort of a private family looking to – their kids were trying to get more into whatever it was and um, and sort of basically turned it into a sort of motivational like – figure out what the kids are passionate about and help them make that happen cool. with, and with dancing and whatever, and just being active and, and well, getting out there. Here's my question to teach a kid how to dance. That requires some dance knowledge. I'm assuming to be a dance motivator at a party. Does that require like, I, I have a little bit, yeah, <laughs> a lot of caffeine. <clears throat> so that just requires some Red Bull. Yeah. This episode of inside acting brought to you by monster. No, um, no, but Monster, if you're listening. Monster yeah. Energy Drink. But Monster, <laughs> if you're listening, we are looking for sponsors. Um, no, wh- like, what? You just, because I, you know, I, I went to school for musical theater, so I have a little bit of dance experience, but I feel like I could show up at a party and just get people to dance. 
you know you, you do regularly. this sounds like it's bordering <laughs> on like I, wedding crash way. wedding crashers territory yeah, though yeah. I, I love the creativity i think that's awesome that sounds amazing and yeah. along the same lines his next suggestion was uh hosting kids birthday parties and doing like face paintings and stuff oh, like or if you can make that. balloon animals <laughs> yeah i have friends like who do yeah. or like legit clowns and do like legit clowning stuff but then yeah. also yeah if you can make balloon animals or do any of that that into sort of entertain or, or comedy. I mean, I for, you know, if you're a stand-up comic or improv experience, that kind of stuff, I, I have yeah. friends who do that as well, for sure. Awesome. All right, so um, I have one more email and two voicemails. Uh, one of these emails and one of these voicemails have some of the craziest jobs that I've ever heard of before, and so I kind of want to save them for the last two. Um, but let's go ahead and play uh, Philip Wimmer's uh, uh, MP3 that he that he sent in. That's right. Hi, Trevor. Hi, H.A. This is Philip from Germany, the guy who's promoting your podcast through Twitter and Facebook all over the European countries. <laughs> and you <laughs> asked in one of the last podcasts what day jobs other actors do. So uh, I work in a cinema. We only show movies in its original language. Uh, most of the time in English and so I have the possibility to to improve my English and to see a lot of movies I usually wouldn't see because I'm not interested in uh, movies like My Name is Khan or uh, The Single Man. <laughs> so it's a great opportunity for all actors to work in a, in a film house in a cinema to see movies and to to know what's what's new on the market. So, this is Philip from Germany. Thank you so much for your podcast. I really enjoy listening to it all the time. And I hope you will go on podcasting for for a very, very long time. Okay, bye. Have a nice day. Ciao. That is so cool. Wow. Uh, yes, we will, we will definitely go on pos- podcasting for a very long time. Thank you for the well wishes. Yeah. I can put him in my pocket. <laughs> I know he's such a, he me. sounds like such a nice, nice guy. guy. I love it too because he sent us this from his iPhone, so he probably yeah. recorded it on his mm-hmm. iPhone. And the reason I know that is because the signature is at the bottom. I don't read German, but it's like von meinem iPhone <laughs> Gessendet or something, and it's like oh. That's so yeah. awesome! Yeah. Like it just—the only word I can read is iPhone. <laughs> well, it was—it was originally in an M4A format, which is how the iPhone encodes its oh, okay. uh, memos. So yeah, yes, excellent. Um, thank you, Philip, for that. Yeah. So Trev, you and I—I I don't know if you realize this or not—we have a friend that does this. Uh, Isaac. Isaac, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's a member of the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble? Uh, he actually lives at the theater. So wait, wait, he wait. gets free rent. Wait, he, he lives, lives upstairs. There? Upstairs, there is a an apartment on top of the theater that he works in, and he lives there, and he manages this theater. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so Talk not about only, a sweet deal. So not only does he manage this theater, he gets free rent. Now, I don't know how flexible the hours are because he is the manager now. Of the theater, he he yeah. the, and it's a, it is a movie theater or a cinema. As well, it's, it's a it. it's a uh, it's it's an independent cinema. Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's like a bit of an art house. Yeah, it's like an art house thing. And I know when we were in shows together, he would have to actually book right after the show was over to go and like take over the midnight shift. Right. So it was a little tight in that sense, <clears throat> but I, I would imagine his days were probably pretty free. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the time we don't. I mean, even the early bird movies don't start until the early early afternoon. Yeah. So your mornings would be totally free. If you had employees under you, you could, you know, have them work that afternoon shift. Then you have the whole day free for auditions. Yeah. And if you're not doing a play, 
work at night. You know, it's kind of interesting. So, so if anybody sees a free apartment above a movie theater, <laughs> get in there, man. <laughs> And ask if it's not, too, scary, it's not too shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not too shady, right? I want to yeah. take off something that you just mentioned too when you're talking about having uh, employees and that for any of these things, uh, you know, expanding expanding your view to say, okay, maybe I can hire people to do all of these other things. Maybe I can have a company of other people who are going out and doing private bartending or, you know, everybody who does that and he manages – that's kind of what he does, but so it gives him the freedom of, of schedule because he's sort of managing other people and booking the jobs. And it started off, you know, he was a, a bartender server at private parties and stuff, but now he has sort of a team of people that he sends out there so he can make his money, but then also do his work with that flexibility as well. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I know two people that have done that, and that obviously takes a long time and it takes a lot of development. You have to build up the capital in order to be able to pay you know other people. Like Totally. You're basically at that point becoming um, – What's it called? Incorpor- incorporatized or well, I mean, you an can, LLC or yeah, you can become an actual. Com- I mean, it, but it depends how you do it. You can actually hire employees who are going on W twos and stuff. I mean, there's independent contractors versus doing independent contractors. Right, I mean, kind right, of there's right, different right. ways you can do it, and certainly not something to just kind of do willy nilly, but absolutely something worth taking a look at, and it right. it can actually be easier than you think it is. Yeah, um, mm. if you have if you're dedicated to it and you take you know it takes some time and research and talking to smarter people than I who have that experience. But yeah, this is one thing I wanted to bring up whenever you're starting a company, be like, Oh, you know, incorporating or forming an LLC, that piece of it is actually really easy. Uh, I it's like when I started in call, it's a couple pieces of paper and yeah. actually, uh, I bank with chase and we set up a business account there and they do it all for you. Cause they want you to, ha- they want your business account there. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I didn't even have to fill out the paper the second time I did it. We just started, <laughs> we just went into chase and like, great, set up the business account and then their guy does it and fills it out. But so that piece of it is, is not actually that big of a deal. Um, so uh-huh. just, you know, don't, don't turn yourself off from these things cause you think it's really, really hard or difficult or you can't do it without at least checking first. Cause it might actually be a lot easier than you thought it would be. Well, and, and I mean, there's people out there who have done it. So obviously it's not impossible. I've, I've done yeah. it. I, I promise it's not. I'm not. I'm not brilliant. And I and I certainly when I first started this stuff, I didn't know anything about it. I, I was just working with my friends and and so would say that absolutely you can do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we've saved the best for last, as far as I'm concerned. These next two are probably list off some of the craziest odd jobs I have ever heard. Um, David Beach sent us an email. And he said, um, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of people saying, you know, substitute teachers and maybe even telephone psychics. No, we hadn't. <laughs> so it's already starting to get interesting. But I am a hypnotherapist. Peter's a hypnotherapist. Which, yeah, Peter Bedard, who we had on episode nine, I think, was mm-hmm. is a hypnotherapist. Yeah. yeah. And I have also been a referee for women's mud wrestling. <laughs> wow. What? What what is that? What does that entail? I want to. What, what, what does he? What else does he say? It do, he doesn't. Is that it? It's well. I mean, he goes on to say some other thing. I, I I have done so many odd jobs, blah, 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 but he never qualifies the women's mud wrestling thing. Okay, my question is, how do you get that job? How do you how, how do you get hired for something like that? Without without being like I have a no boyfriend idea. of one of the. Of There's one of the no other details in here. 
None. So, David, write us another email because that you can't just leave us hanging there, man. What <laughs> that the is heck? Amazing. I have been a referee for women's mud wrestling. I've done so many odd jobs, I can't even say for sure uh, if those are even my oddest. But the best money-making skill is my variety stuff, uh, i.e. a juggler, ventriloquist, comic, magician. Uh, each mm. and everything I do adds something to my actor's tool bag, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. He's got you know some other skills as an actor, being a juggler or ventriloquist, comic, magician that he's used. Um, maybe even similar to what Matt Wilder did at you know these children's parties. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Um, Women's wrestling referee. What? Wow, that's that. <laughs> that's that wins the award for most unique uh, job. I think thrival job. Well, you'd think <laughs> we have one more. We've heard from this man already on the on today's podcast. But uh, this is um, Daniel Pierce. Okay. With uh, with a little uh, odd job uh, suggestion here. What I have found myself doing, and I've been tremendously blessed in finding this, uh, the best way to paraphrase it is if you know about the book by the director, producer, composer, writer, genius, Robert Rodriguez um, of Spy Kids and El Mariachi uh, fame, um, Rebel Without a Crew. Yeah. He financed, if you've read that book or have heard about it and are familiar with how he financed his screenplay, he basically sold his body to science, uh, skin grafts and some odd diet and, and oh committing God. his uh, a month or two into a hospital while they monitored it and, and did tests on him. And I remember reading that almost 10 years ago and yeah. thinking, if I, I could just... That's awesome because your time is really still yours. You're just kind of confined to one place, but still you have the freedom to write and you're not answering or doing a lot of mental work for what's required to some other random job that has nothing to do with, 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 uh, what you, uh, you know, what your passions and desires and what your mind is truly and your heart is truly on. And, uh, that way you're not thinking about what does the filet mignon come with and how much are, you know, are, or a la carte's and all that jazz. Uh, so basically, in Glendale, I have found, and there are various things like this. You maybe maybe you've heard about it, uh, where you submit yourself for clinical trial studies, and it freaks some people out. But sometimes I tell tell this stuff to to other actors, and they're all about it, which is you know groovy, you know. Yeah. And it's a very comfortable uh, setting. Uh, they, they, are, they are, of course, very professional. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into because they tell you the history of the drug. Or sometimes it's drug-free. What? Uh, not just because you have a chance yeah. of getting a sugar pill placebo, but also because uh, you know there's other studies. Uh, maybe a pain study, a sleep study, and something that doesn't normally have uh, a, you know medication at all. But it usually it is medication, medication and it pays very, very well, uh, um, and w- w- what you know, what, what you're getting up front. And uh, it's it's a very thorough process. It's, uh, like I said, they're very cordial, very professional. They will pull the plug if there's any risk. So to you guys, oh, <laughs> you might want to think about it. Wait, hang on. <laughs> um, but I know you're busy, busy, busy doing uh, stages and, and, and many great things out there, uh, uh, creating your own path. But financially, um, man, 
it sure does help uh, get that after and side card. Wow. Okay, man. now, before you say anything, before you say anything, this is the climax of this episode, because I thought this was the craziest thing that anybody could possibly do. <clears throat> Essentially, what he's saying is submitting yourself to medical experiments, okay? Ben Whitehair, who is sitting across the table from me, <laughs> has done this. And he's going to talk about what? his experience on the podcast How did today. I not know about this? Yes. I'm, I'm glad that this, this is, is a podcast and most people can't see the looks I'm getting right now. Okay, I was... I was. You I had was, a look on your face as we were doing this. I was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" He's heard this or something. So funny. Well, so what I did was right. This is actually right before uh, I came out here. I was a little bit short of funds. I was in between kind of jobs, and the companies weren't quite making the money yet. And uh, and I got an email, I think through a buddy, and the the sort of medical health science center uh, attached to the university I went to attached to CU down in Denver was looking for patients to do this high altitude study. <laughs> so I, I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. That sounds interesting. And I sure could use 1200 bucks for not that many days work. Uh, and so I, I signed up and basically what they did was on, on sort of three different occasions. Uh, I went in for the day and they did all these sort of experiences. So basically they put me in a high altitude chamber that they used to use to train uh, Air Force pilots and took me to these like kind of crazy weird altitudes and then had me like work out and do all these other things to see if I would get sick. And they tried like, there were three different things. So there's like two different medications and a placebo and I didn't know which was which. And they basically tested like, did I get a headache and stuff? And then they did like these crazy, I had this weird, crazy mouth thing for like, what? would have to do it for an hour where they would strap it. And then it like controlled the oxygen and carbon dioxide and stuff that I was getting. So it would like, give me a lot of oxygen and no carbon dioxide and all these fluctuations for their test. Uh, and while they, while I decided to sit there perfectly still and they had this thing on the back and they were like monitoring my brain waves. Like you could see the brain waves on the monitor right there. Oh my and God. Like it was just, this, it was, and it, yeah, nuts. it was nuts, but it was, it really <laughs> was, it was great. I made like, yeah, I think it was like 1200 bucks or whatever. And you didn't, you, you're not suffering any adverse health issues. No, it was just, I, it was just, result, I, well, I mean, <laughs> not, not that I'm aware of. I don't. Aware of. Well, here's my well, question: we What did they make you sign? <laughs> yeah, before you did it. Like, I mean, there was, was there anything some... that was like, if you die, we're not if responsible. Your brain explodes. Your family cannot. Sue no, I went. I went skydiving the other day, and they do make it. It's the most insane waiver. Um, but for the medical stuff, no, it's actually because it's as he's mentioning it. I mean, be wary of who it's for. Like, like some guy in his basement asking for like some medical research. Probably not so cool. But a lot of these. Places are are highly highly regulated because they're through a, a hospital or an educational institution that's you know they've gone through extensive uh, review to get their stuff approved and all the rest. Okay, wow, wow. this has been a very comprehensive look at uh, actor thrival jobs. Actor, actor thrival jobs. That I mean, was uh, that was the goal. So there it yeah. is. And this is only. I mean, I would imagine we probably only hit like three or four percent of all the possible oh, things sure. that actors of could course. do that would meet, you know, most of the criteria for something flexible, something fairly location independent um, that pays well. Yeah. Well, and if I could add a, a, just a couple final thoughts on the on the topic, the first of which is that, um, you know, the number one thing I hear people say is, well, I need I need the time to be able to audition. Um, and that's kind of the number one thing. But but I know, especially when I first came out here, I wasn't necessarily auditioning that much, like keeping that time free. That wasn't actually where I was spending my actor time. Uh, and not that you won't be, and not that that's not necessarily the goal. Um, 
but just for wherever you are, everybody's going to have a different situation. But so just taking a look and saying, okay, what is it that I actually need? Where is it? Where is my time going? What do I need open? What do I need free? Yeah. And, and so just being specific about, about that and, and knowing that there's so much you can do as an actor at any time of the day, especially when you're first getting started. I mean, I, I feel like I've spent my entire time in Los Angeles. Like all I do is research, you know, and there's so, and not that, you know, you can get stuck in that and never do anything else. So don't get me wrong, but there's so much you can and can do as an actor in terms of reading blogs, listening to podcasts, sending out mailers, working on your website, putting a reel together, whatever hours work for you. I mean, any number of things that an actor can be doing that are not time or location specific. So just knowing that whatever you end up doing or you have to take some time and you're in a job that isn't perfect, that's okay. Everybody goes through that and there's still so much you can do no matter what job it is that you have. So would put that out there. Yeah, well, Ben, thank, thank you, you for uh, thank you for being here, dude. I'm so glad that uh, you joined us for this. Thank episode. you guys for having me. And I just, you know, it's a it's a great topic because I'm really it's inspiring to hear what people are doing, man. Because it's it can be hard and it's a lot of work, uh, whatever it is you're doing. And I, you know, so much respect and humility from everybody out there who's, you know, you think you think you know, I'll come home one day. I'm like, oh god, I've been working for 18 hours and I'm calling these people back or whatever. And then you know, I talk to someone else who's been just insane the work that people do and how much time and effort they spend and that's I like I've, I'm I love being in this community because everybody you know people are like oh actors are lazy or whatever and and sure I guess there are a couple of those out here but the people I'm surrounded by are working so hard day in and day out and I just have so much respect for everybody who's doing that because it's just it's just awesome yeah and I think that's key surround yourself with people that are like that you know what, what they call it your reference group I think your reference group is the, is the, group, the kind of people you'll end up as the people you spend totally. the most time with they say you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with yeah so who are those five people and what are they doing and look long and hard at that people <laughs> please do cool <clears throat> alright well I think that does it for episode 27 of Inside Acting um, yeah, if you uh, if you have anything you want to say about any of these actor jobs uh, if you have a comment disagree with anything we talked about today if you've had an experience doing one of these jobs um, even medical experiments. Um, send us an email at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our website, leave a comment there at insideactingpodcast.com. Um, you can, can leave us a voicemail. Yes. Or is it 213-2-actors? That's 213-222-8677. That's right. Um, you can uh, tweet at us, uh, twitter.com slash insideacting. And, Facebook? Uh, Facebook. Facebook uh, fan us or like us, as it were now. Uh, Facebook.com. Slash Inside Acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode will be up on our Ustream, which is ustream.com slash Inside Acting. Uh, and, and of course, um, of course, follow Ben as well. Um, he's at twitter.com slash Ben Whitehair. Yes. And we'll put, of course, we'll have a section for his links on our website. Um, what else? Well, last but not least, you guys can, um, you know, send us your money. Um, As you guys all know, well, most of you listening to the podcast, we do this completely out of pocket. So any amount of money that you can uh, send over um, our way helps us pay for gas, uh, other travel expenses, file hosting costs, production costs, um, all that fun stuff. 
Um, so if you get some value out of it, you know, even a dollar, that means the world to us, and it makes a big difference in um, in helping us keep this thing going. So, Whatever spare change you have from your thrival job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, go to uh, InsideActingPodcast.com. On the right-hand side of the page, there's a little Donate Now button. It's all done through PayPal, and you can write that expense off as uh, an education expense for your taxes. Great. So don't be shy. And um, Yes, absolutely. And as this is a very special episode, we're going to have um, some very special music to play us out uh, today. Um, uh, a friend of the podcast, friends of the podcast, uh, the band Lady Danville, yeah. um, has given us permission to use their music. Uh, and so we're just going to um, use one of their songs to kind of play us out. Um, and you can check out their link on our website as well. Um, so for Inside Acting, my name is AJ Meyer. I'm Trevor Algott. I'm Ben Whitehair. Signing off. We'll see you guys next week. paid my dues besides the stuff I saved for you for you I paid my dues besides the stuff I saved for you for you shouldn't have think I've gone mad I paid my dues besides the stuff I saved for you Great.